I, I've also Very got true. a tendency just to ramble and go off. Dude, so that I'm is hoping exactly... as, as the caster of the pod, um, <laughs> you can rein me in. Thanks for joining us today on The Journey Podcast, brought to you by The Everything. I'm your host, Manuel Akure. Hope you enjoy. Peace. I was literally telling um, Callum the last podcast, I was like, um, <laughs> initially, he, he said the same thing afterwards. He was like, oh, gosh, he was just rambling through the whole thing. I was like, technically, that's what the whole podcast is about. It's just like rambling with about four main questions. And the four main questions are usually the why, the how, the when, and I guess occasionally the who, but um, I guess the who is what the podcast focus is about mm. anyway. So um, it kind of makes for makes for a great tendency to go off on tangents and get back on and off and everything. And yeah, but I don't know if you noticed on the last podcast, I don't do intros. I can't do intros to save my life. I find them really cringy, but... For everyone who is listening in, today we're having the podcast on a boat, which is a very different experience from every other podcast I've had so far because it's, I don't know what it is about it. It just feels way more, first word that pops into my mind is organic for some reason, but it just feels great. It feels awesome. You guys should get on boats. But today we are sitting with Seb. And Seb, can you tell us who you are? Well, I am uh, well, I'm Sebastian, Seb, um, and I am, it's a photographer, but mm. half of that is also my wife, who, mm. who isn't here. We've got a child who's three, another on the way. So um, I am half of the Sebastian and Louise, who you've invited us onto your podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Dude, like, I can remember hearing a lot about your stuff um and the work you do from luke um shout out to luke we're gonna get his podcast sorted out before yeah, the end of next needs, month he's, yeah we've incredible. literally been planning that for ages but we never <laughs> whenever i go to his i forget my mics and then we have a whole podcast worth of conversation yeah. <laughs> and then miss it but um yeah he he used to tell at the time he was telling me or showing me some of the uh work off of the book and it was at the time i think it was in reference to the fact that he used to live on a boat as well yeah and i think we were talking about what that is like um and he showed me some of your work and i was like wow <laughs> and then he started explaining a bit more about what you do and how most of the pretty much everything up until like what the last couple weeks has been completely off the grid in terms of the internet and stuff like that yeah, com completely. I, I started using social media middle of January. I started mm. Facebook because that yeah. was the easy one. It's what I'd That's heard crazy. of. That's um, And I started doing that and I didn't understand Instagram at all. <laughs> I was looking at it and I, no, I don't understand what, what do you do. And I think it's the second of this month. Mm. I, I put out my first Instagram. Yeah account and actually i've it's it's that kind of love hate thing yeah you discover there's a load of good in the world that you didn't know about yeah you're connecting with great people 
and you think, God, this is amazing. Why have I not done this before? Yeah. And then you get all the rubbish that comes in and filters into your mind, and you see that as well, and you can't filter it out. A lot of it's advertising, mm. and you think, ah, oh, they're, they're promoting everything that I'm against and yeah. I don't want. But then if I want a voice in the world now, mm. particularly with COVID and lockdown, and yeah. I've, got to, I've got to be on social media. Absolutely. I've got to get out there. And, yeah, it's been an up-and-down month mm. of joy and hatred but i'm finally you know (laughs) 20 years we've been traveling perpetually we never stop we've never stopped we don't you know i think the longest pre having a child we'd stopped in 15 years was six weeks in one place um that's that's so mad we we wanted to see the world we wanted to see and we wanted to see the world before social media televisions Mm. advertising arrived in a place yeah and that was the big thing because we saw it coming across the world fast Mm. it was it was coming into villages it was coming everywhere and we wanted to experience and see how we lived before obviously i've grown up pre pre social media yeah but the world out there and the traditions and hopes and dreams or how they live Mm -hmm. i was fascinated in before it got kind of manipulated in a in a way mainly mm. by advertising yeah so we just ran and we ran and we ran for for 15 to almost 20 years that's that's so like fascinating and i think that was the very point that or, or, or thing that um luke was telling me about that initially made me super curious to meet you was like the aspect of like not having used social media as at all let alone as a driving force for your work and your art and um at the time i think when he mentioned this that was when i was going through one of my social media crisis moments where i was like i hate this i hate all of this i hate the other people are controlling my work and how i put it out and what i can put out and what i can't and and i got to a point where i was like okay i just want to do away with everything like i just want to completely go off the grid and try and succeed at doing this art thing off without using social media because after all back in the day people survived like that so what makes that um not necessarily what makes that difficult but what makes that so impossible and i kind of um set off for like two months i didn't delete anything i probably came off of social media for a bit and started trying to slowly get myself off of other social media platforms before I then had like a realization that like damn if I did take this leap there is no going back because I I guess that's kind of the terrifying but in some ways good but terrifying thing about social media is once once the algorithm stops favoring you there is no reverse for that Mm. you it's like you go back to square one and you start trying to build that back up so i was like oh my gosh with everything in the last two and a half years i've put into specifically instagram and building up a um, portfolio of sort or, or some kind of catalog at the time it was more a personal i used it as kind of like almost a journal because if you scroll down down to the bottom of my page you would see that the context and the content was more about moments in life that were significant in terms of like emotional raises or 
yeah and i use kind of like the emotional effects to di- dictate how i set that whole thing out mm. so i was kind of like looking at it like oh my gosh this would be quite a tragedy for me if i was to spend years of my life building this and just step away um and then i heard about what you guys are doing and i was like wait a minute so there are people doing this <laughs> and it was like and it wasn't till well, when was it three weeks ago that we met yeah three weeks ago yeah yeah, yeah but roughly yeah at, right at the beginning i think i just mm. activated a an instagram account and mm. i met you yeah um, it's crazy oh man and well since then i feel like i've been on a massive journey like, mm. though you know we're in lockdown we can't move anywhere yeah and louise my wife she she hasn't looked at it at all it's yeah. it's kind of i do that bit she's yeah. remained as as For she real. was she still contacts the magazines and the written word mm. and i i feel like i've been everywhere and of an evening we sit down and i'm like this is where i've been and i can say <laughs> i've been all over the world and i've seen this and i've spoken to this person and and it's you know within the context of isolation it's it's been amazing yeah you know i can still travel yeah without being physically but then I approved. hunger for real travel. You know, mm. there there is a connection, but mm. you don't quite see yeah. people's expressions. You don't. You can make out somebody as as a certain way. Yeah. And then you meet them in real life. You're, and like, you're like, oh, oh. actually, you didn't catch that aspect. <laughs> exactly. But, you know, there's. It's driven. You know, I, I. You know, correct me if I'm wrong, and I'll probably have a different opinion once I finish saying this. But mm. there's. We're all trying to get a piece of us out there, and the mm. bit that is out there is often driven on the confidence mm. or the kind of the the bits that we might see off advertising. Mm. Um, whereas actually, that's not the bit that I feel like I connect with human, yeah, wide person to person. Exactly. It's, there's there's a vulnerability in people. There's there's the other side that mm. you don't yeah. see. Even even to the point of say a podcast, you can talk to somebody. Yeah. really kind of naturally you turn on the microphone mm. and it can't i can't help it people can't it, like the voice changes just ever so slightly yeah. maybe it's not even detectable to to a lot of people but yeah. i can feel that i'm like okay it's different I, yeah <laughs> i know i've got a microphone voice as i have a, a telephone voice yeah exactly and it's, it's it's a weird code switching and before i think luckily because I've pushed myself to try and be more in front of the cameras, in front of the microphone, because initially I hated my voice. I hated how I sounded on recordings. I hated how, like, I hated being in front of the camera. And I was like, oh my gosh, with a lot of the stuff I hope to do in the future, I'm kind of required to be in front of these spaces. And (laughs) a period of time, I did vlogs. I started vlogging. I think that was one of the biggest things I started film-wise before I got into all the cinematic stuff. Um, and it was actually because Gary V said he thinks everyone should vlog, that they would learn something from it. Because every time you vlog, you realize something you did wrong in the last one. And if you do it daily, mm. you get to improve at such a fast rate daily. But I don't, I don't think he mentioned in the video i watched how much of a ball ache it is to do anything daily um but yeah a lot of people were like oh my god on on your youtube channel you you sound so american you sound so this and i'm like i have no clue and then a friend was with me 
just before I started vlogging. And as soon as I clicked the button, I noticed it as well. I was like, oh, snap. Like, my whole accent has changed. And it, and not necessarily changed, but sharpened up more towards the kind of, like, American accent and everything. And, it, yeah, it's, it's really weird. But at the end of the day, I guess it's that code switch inside of us, which is like, oh, this voice is more appropriate for this. And this yeah. is... Yeah, you don't even know. I don't even know where it comes from. I mm. don't know if it's grounded in us from years of hearing yeah. it, and we all know what radio is meant to sound like. Mm. You know, we I think we grow up. Well, I grew up with kind of Radio Four, and you yeah. think, okay, well, that's the voice that you're meant to to put <laughs> on. You 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 say your T's, you pronounce. You want everybody to to yeah. hear every word you're going to say, and and I hate it. I I like my own <laughs> voice. So we've done a lot of interviews with for the book yeah. with. A lot of people on the canal, kind mm. of dozens and dozens of them, and though we write them out, so yeah. we interview people and then we write them out, mm. but always I've got to hear my voice back. Yeah. It makes me cringe. I've got to turn the volume down, and I think, ah, oh, how can I? No. And then I wonder, does anyone like their voice? Is there anyone mm. out there that goes, you know what? I love recording myself and mm. hearing it back. I've not met a person yet. Um, Honestly, I think it's. It's weird to us because oh, obviously there's that thing of like the way you hear your voice in your head isn't the way people hear it. Mm. So I think the main reason people don't like their voice is because they get familiar with their voice as this, what they hear in their head as they speak. But once it's recorded, it picks up on all those tiny details. And once they hear it back, they're like, Oh my gosh, that's that's not me. Yeah, and it's I like, didn't know I stressed this word here. Yeah, I didn't know that I I, I I didn't know that tone came out and and like I hated it at the start. To be honest, I would I don't know if I would so much as say I love my voice now. I'm I'm content with it and I'm like, you know what? It works. It works for <laughs> Yeah, but you've got a great voice. Uh, I, uh, I heard your podcast and I was like, Yep, that's a good <laughs> voice. I'm uh, I'd love to come across sounding like that. Uh, it's crazy. Um I'll blame most of it on the compression. But um, just so people could have more of an understanding as to this book we keep, this mysterious book we keep referencing. Um, yeah, tell us a bit about what the book is and what the book is. <laughs> well, I mean, I've got, I've got to go back. I'm, I'm, hmm. uh, people can't see. I'm, I'm coming up to 40 in a, in a year, so I, I hmm. guess I, I've got a few years on you. Um, <laughs> in when I was 18... I I didn't much enjoy school. I didn't much enjoy university. I I tried university. I lasted six months, and <laughs> I said that's it's not for me. I don't want to learn the processes of photography. I went and did a degree in yeah. photography. I just want to go off and see. Mm. And I left. I think I was nineteen, eighteen, nineteen, mm. and I realised that's that's what I wanted to do. Yeah, and travel. And we travelled all over the world and mm. mainly in India um, India was the one that caught my spirit mm. and the diversity of it and over the years we started seeing the world change mm. uh, we started seeing the kind of European influence coming into India and it got to a stage I wanted to see what was happening in, in England I hadn't been back to this country kind of seriously I might come back for Christmas to see a family yeah. for a week or two but my life was kind of more in Europe or Asia hmm. and I wanted to see what was happening and hmm. we wanted to see you know if what positive outcome could come of this society if we're yeah. pushing 
our values, our ideas onto the world, hmm. how, what's the outcome? How, what are we going to look like hmm. as a country? Like, can it, is it even possible hmm. that the billions of people on the planet can, can live this way? Can hmm. we sustain this as a planet? Because it doesn't look like it. You know, mm. are there enough resources that we can all eat that much? Can we mm. all drain that much power out of the earth? And so we wanted to come back to England and we wanted to travel. And the first thing we did was we bought an old um, Royal Enfield motorbike okay. um, and put a tent on the back and we went off traveling around England yeah. with a tent. Wow. And after three months we thought this is you know it's rains a lot it's you know you sit there and you get used to the rain you end up kind of with all your waterproofs on stirring a kind of casserole of whatever you can <laughs> in the rain and you think three months was our limit yeah in a tent in this country and then we saw a map of the canal system mm. and we said well look at that look we can go everywhere we can see cities how long can... ago was that moment this is ten years ago okay and wow. um we actually, so we started looking to canal boats and all types of, of boats. Yeah. Because there's 2,000 miles of canals and rivers mm. around England that all connect. So from Bath, you can get all the way up to Liverpool when we're higher than that. There's, um, you know, we could visit Oxford or London and be in London and get to know London without having to pay the extortionate price of London yeah. renting. Um, we got to see Birmingham, um Stratford on Avon, so it was a way to see this country mm. and understand what was happening. And in this effort, we were trying to find people that had kind of escaped from from the can I even say mainstream or the popular way mm. of living and found have found alternative ways of living. Yeah, and that's what we were looking for, but completely blinded to what actually was around us, because here on this stretch of canal in in Bath. Yeah. There's a there's a lot of families. There's a, yeah. a big community, and I've I grew up in Bath. I've walked this canal for years. I used to swim at Warley Weir in my teens. Mm. Knew there were boats here, and imagine this was the same all around the country. Wow. And we set off and passed kind of. We got onto the Oxford Canal, past North Oxford. We didn't see anybody under sixty for three months. That's crazy. It's it's a it's not community driven. I mean, you wouldn't more. You wouldn't see anybody for days. Mm. And we realised how special this community was. Yeah. And also how disliked it was. Like we'd bump into people at locks in, in the Midlands up north and they'd say, oh, that Kennet and Avon Canal, it's a disaster, it's awful. Mm. You know, it's full of drug addicts and junky boats mm. and you can't moor anywhere. It's, you know, this is horrible. And mm. we'd ask them, we'd say, have you been down there? And they said, no, no, but we've spoken to somebody that has been down there. Yeah. And we got worried because it, it's, it's a beautiful community. It, mm. it's, it's a lot of families, a lot of really good people, a lot of alternative thinkers. It's a lot of travellers. Mm. You speak to a lot of people here and, you know, people have cycled down to Mali or, you know, one, one lady, she set off five years ago to cycle around the world. Mm. And I think five wow. years of cycling. I think that's crazy. And it's it's got adventurous, intelligent, mm. active people. And so we said, well, let's. This is the community we've been looking for. We're, yeah. we're we're using the boat to look for communities, and the community is is actually the people living on the boat. Yeah. So we started this photo project mm. of of photographing the people. I mean, nothing we ever do is fast. We're, <laughs> we're very slow. 
you know, because we're, we're working on three books at once. Mm. And we never knew which book would, would come first. <laughs> first. Uh, well, there's a book on the community that we lived with in India, so it's a farming community, one on separate travels and this project. Yeah. And we've fallen in love with this one. This happened to be the first, uh, partly due to having children, partly due, due to, to the pandemic. Yeah. And it's an important story. It's an important story of how, really is. how are we going to live in the future? Mm. Particularly if we're all, as a world, mm. all the humans are going to have a decent life. You know, at, at least a home and food that yeah. is nourishing. Um, how do we live? We can't all live in mansions. We can't mm. can't all have and it's, cars. It's, it's, and, it's, and what makes even mansions so desirable... In, in in a sense, I could get it, but I I re- I feel like there is probably like obviously it's not accurate, but like in my head, like ninety percent of the society is doesn't know why they find they want to live in a mansion. Why? What? Why do you want to be in quote rich or or have? And and what does that even look like? And why does your perception of that look like that? I guess a lot of people, like you said, aren't alternative thinkers. They don't step outside of the way they have been kind of nurtured to think. And it's 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 really wild because like while you were talking in terms of like about these communities and like the way you work and saying it's slow and stuff, it's like personally i'm i'm kind of reflecting on my perception of this space and and for for a long time i i wouldn't necessarily say my perception of it was the same as those people that you said were referring to the uh communities here like in in that way i would say it was more just kind of like because this was so apart from the general rest of bath in a sense it was kind of like i didn't know how to think of people that lived here but generally it was like damn it takes a bit of craziness to at least live on a boat (laughs) so um it was that aspect plus there's there's like interesting hearing you say that like there's a lot of active people but it's it's starting to make sense in my head because i'm like yeah like i guess if you live in a kind of like a situation if you place yourself in a situation like this you kind of have to be active to some extent you can't live passively because life is not um is not linear enough to just just go necessarily go with the flow you have to be intentional with a lot of things for instance what what you were saying in terms of like um in the wind uh in the wind uh in winter having to bring out like the heating and everything you've got to know every resource you've got to Mm. know how much water you use you pick up Mm. your water and you want it to last as long as possible yeah. before you get to the next tap or the next water point. And yeah. they're, they're not close together here. Mm. So you you get your water and you've got to preserve it. You can't just... I mean, simple things like brushing your teeth, leaving the tap on. I don't mm. even know if people do that anymore. But I know they there was a do. <laughs> big campaign quite a few years ago for it. You, could, mm. you can't stand in the shower for 20 minutes. Mm. It's, a shower is for washing. You, yeah. you turn it on, get water on you, yeah. scrub as you turn the shower off yeah. turn it back on it's you you know where you you know what mm. you're heating with you know you you're physically putting the coal or the wood on your fire yeah. so you know what it takes to heat you 
Um, same with the toilets. You've the, got to empty the your toilets. The most toilet. efficient it's, ways of doing them as well. It's you. You mm. know where it all comes from. You've got to be aware of that. It, mm. it takes longer. It, it like living in a house is convenient. It's so convenient. It's convenient, but you pay for it. You you mm. you have your running bills for it. You you know when when it came to the pandemic and you know jobs started going or mm. people got furloughed or wages started going down mm. you there was a sense of panic particularly kind of in the media you you felt the panic yeah but within this community it's like okay well how do i still heat myself okay well i've got to go out to the forest and mm. i've got to find a fallen tree mm. and i've got to cut it up mm. and i've got to use that to heat myself yeah. um you find other ways, ways of doing um, it it's a very, very good community here in mm. in that as soon as the pandemic came along, there were people going along with wheelbarrows full of food yeah. and giving it out to people. Damn. You know, is you we had cards in the windows, so different colours, and if it was red, people would knock and say, okay, what do you need? You are this, you're either self-isolating or ill. Shall we get food for you? Shall we get medicine for you? Mm. How can we help you? It's we, we know We know most people along here. It's it's a linear line, so you can't help that people cycle past you, walk past you, you move every two weeks. So every two weeks you meet new people. Yeah, we've been on it ten years now. And wow! So in that time, we really Damn. do know, we do know a lot of people. That's like that. That's so wild, and like to even think that. You, you guys set on that journey to create that book or create this book is is really interesting because i can't even think of how you would speed up a process like that uh and not have to force things to happen and i feel like seeing the book if everything and i haven't read through it that's one thing about me i don't read <laughs> which is i don't read unless i have to which is a bad habit that i've been trying to um fix as much as i can but flicking through the book one thing i notice is for instance the aesthetics um obviously that's like the main part that catches my attention initially everything felt very intentional which is very important with any piece of visual work is you want it to be intentional um, or at least to feel intentional because if it doesn't, there's a high chance that it probably clashes with something else. Um, and it was fascinating to one, see that it, everything felt intentional, but to see how much there was, it's like, it, it will have to take time. And it's it's awesome that you guys were able to put all of that experience into a book because like it's things like these that make me pick up books because with 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 most of the content i end up taking in it's mostly media content video content audio content mm. but it's only experiences like these that i'm like yo that's so crazy let's have a look and see see what this is telling me let's see what story is being told here and yeah it's it's it's, I, I guess I'm just super fascinated that you guys were able to go on this journey of sort and create this this piece that is so, like visually at least, because that's the only part that I, I, I paid attention to in the book, is so cohesive. But then added to that, 
thinking about everything else in terms of like not being on social media not having all of that it makes it even more fascinating and more impressive to see that you guys have created that because i know for for a huge um portion of the work i create is like okay i have this idea i have a vague idea how to do this but then i go online and then i open myself to the to the wide world of visuals and then i'm like oh this looks very similar and then i try and search things that are more similar to this and I, it opens me up to this but then to think that you you did this work off of that grid system and it still ended up like, like in my head i would have struggled to understand how you could end up at the same place if not better not using all those tools but I, I guess it's I'm, I'm i'm waffling at this point but it it's just really fascinating to think that you guys have been able to create something so amazing well, it it, it uh, took a long time in part hmm. because we we came back from years of travel and england was like a foreign country yeah. to us it was yeah. oh, what's happening here like when you're gone for so long you really see the influence of music or hmm or what's happening kind of socially right. and you think wow this is happening and then you want to we wanted to capture the canal and the people in a way that was our own yeah and it can be seen very easily as post you see a lot of postcards of the canal yeah and it's you know it's quite easy to to do that and replicate that but how do you get your own voice and your own view into it yeah. of that and it it did take a long time we were, you know for a year or so we we're just taking pictures and just getting the contact sheets back um maybe i should explain where we're we're using 1950s rollerflex cameras hmm. uh, six six and we're still using negatives um so we'd get the contacts back and we'd look at them and say okay well what shots do we like do we like the darker shots or the lighter shots hmm. um and slowly you know at first i think we got about three shots back and we're like okay this this is how we we see it because it's trying to capture what we see in our own imaginations mm. that's how we see it how do you capture that feeling so it can be represented and shown yeah to an outside world mm. and in that respect i think not being on social media helped because mm. being on it for the last month i realized it's starting to become quite a thing now to live on a canal yeah. boat and it's oh, okay. starting to be we, we've seen a lot of people from van life hashtag van life kind mm. of moving on to boats mm. and having their portrayal of it yeah. and i feel like we we moved on before the kind of the bbc caught on to yeah. it and you know before it became quite a mass thing the canal was still pretty unheard of mm. even here outside our boat now was just mud wow and they've so Paid you know I, you could say gentrified it or they <laughs> you know they've made it more appealing and yeah. easier for, for a mass to, to come cycling down running down the canal hmm. um it was still a very small private ro world with a lot of people living very private lives and people yeah. there's a lot of eccentric people here there's a lot of people passionate about what they do there's a lot of strong voices here hmm. so it was about catching them and not feeling like a voyeur that yeah. i've just come in it's it's you know it's that thing between well who am i doing it for yeah am i doing it purely for me am i doing it for them am i doing it for the greater what what's the idea here yeah behind it all it's you know none of our work has has stemmed from a want to be famous mm. or 
to gain anything. It, it, it stemmed from a passion of wandering, I guess. Mm. I mean, that's a, we've called ourselves Wanderings Publication because yeah. we published our own book ourselves, and it is, it's just what we found along the way. You know, mm. without having any clear idea where we were going, yeah. it's these are the stories that resonated within us. You can mm. feel it. You can feel it in you, and you kind of go, okay, that's who I like to talk to. That's mm. that's the kind of life I'd like to construct for myself, and these are the people I want to be surrounded yeah. with. So all the people in there are very very good friends now hmm. there's no one in the book that we don't know yeah it's it's we did have one shot of a person they did look great and it was a, someone on a boat and they were passing but we didn't know them hmm. and in the end it didn't feel right, right. to us because yeah we, yeah it we, definitely feels personal which i guess is is the element of art that is the connect like what we we're saying earlier that um being in front of like a, a, a camera or and or or in front of a mic and stuff like that it's the vulnerability within that that's like communicated through to other people where their humanity recognizes the other person's mm. humanity and it's this, seeing those shots and like seeing luke and um robin and like just just seeing those couples and families and stuff like that and it's like wow like this you can tell that there is a there's a relationship there that it wasn't and uh, maybe it's because i'm a photographer and i've stopped people before and been like oh can i take a photo of you i know that's not how they would that the body language everything is different mm. and it's it's really cool to um see um at this point i feel like it would be cool to since we've explained about the book it would be cool to find out more about the um the when in terms of like less in terms of the boat stuff but more in terms of the art side like when did did you did you interact with art when did you get to the point that it was like yes this creative thing or this photography thing is what i want to do and when did you realize realize that passion i i feel like i've got to go back Hmm. a long way yeah. I, I don't know how far you, you want to go back <laughs> yeah but, um i moved i moved to england when i was nine okay. from france um i could speak english because my parents spoke english reading writing yeah i couldn't and on top of that i'm i'm quite dyslexic hmm. and i got put into school at that age and that there isn't the resources there wasn't the time to get me to level hmm. so they just left me at the back of the classroom Hmm. And that's it. And it, I couldn't read and write for years. I, it's even at sixteen, I was struggling. Yeah. To to go on with that. Fortunately, I was at school uh, in Bath, um, Beach and Cliff. Okay. And they did a GCSE photography. And I was like, that's you know, I I can see. I I'm visual. I can, I like the arts. I like the woodworks. I can hmm. do things with my hands. And though I love to read and write, and is a passion now. I, I love, you know, I've, I love falling into books. Hmm. Um, at the time, visual was what I could do. That's that's where I was. But even then, there was a pressure to to stay with what I guess society or schools see as correct. Yeah. And I do remember choosing at fourteen. At fourteen, you know, should I do photography or should I do geography? Hmm. Geography is the one that people want you to do. Yeah. Yeah, you know, with geography as a GCSE, you you're you more could likely go there. You could go there. Yeah, to go and I, as my I was talking to my aunt and should I do photography or geography? 
And she said, just just do what you love. And I was like, yeah. what's well, photography? I love I love photo albums. I'd, I'd sit for hours looking through my parents' photo albums. Yeah. My dad always had photos on the wall. And, and I liked looking mm. at them. And in a, in a way, photography for me was always kind of a record of mm. life. a life. It, you know, I struggled often with ideas. You know, they give you a project and you've got to make a project out of that. And, yeah. and yeah, it's great. It, it, you, it challenges you. You, mm. you can start seeing in different ways, but it's never the work that lasts yeah. for me it's like oh that was that project that i yeah. did for that time and then it goes into the folder. whereas <laughs> the pictures i took of my family mm. or and like you say of the skate park and i was like wow i was at the skate park when i was 13 14 mm. taking pictures of people when yeah. and you were talking about the the vert ramp and i was like that hasn't been there for years yeah. and i remember them building the vert ramp and putting that up so i grew right i grew up right next to the park mm. and so that's why i hung out that's cool and and I remember the pictures of friends skating. That's that's what hmm. I wanted as a record. Yeah. And you know, I never got on well with school. I couldn't wait to finish. Um, then it came to A-levels, and I was like, well, of course, I'm going to choose art. I'm hmm. going to choose the visual. And I, I went to the Bath College, and I did A-level photography and a, a visual arts course, hmm. and I loved it. And that's when I found I excelled. I, hmm. you know, I... I got all the marks that I needed to get. I got the prizes. I was like, ah, I am good at something. Hmm. School made me feel like I was More useless literally. at everything. They, you know, I, if if you're not good at maths or English, hmm. you might as well not bother. That's hmm. that's how I, it felt. And I thought, I'm, I'm really doing well. Okay, yeah. and all I wanted to do was finish education, and go off to see the world. I I had no idea about the world, and I wanted to see it um, because I did so well at A-levels, um, there was a lot of pressure to go on to do a degree. Yeah. Um, so I started a degree. I lasted six months. I just was not interested. I, I wanted like to be... Four months more than I did. <laughs> but I, I wanted to be out, but there was this pressure to stay. Mm. And, you know, you, you talk about mental kind of health, and mm. I had a, a, a breakdown at 18. And I was in bed for weeks, and every time the phone rang, I'd vomit, and and, yeah. But there was no recognition to this in in my circle of yeah. wherever I was. And I used to go to the doctors quite often. Mm. And they'd say, OK, I think you've got ulcers in your stomach. And they'd put tubes down my throat. And yeah. I'd nope, you're fine. Oh, you might have a wheat allergy. And I'd be like, OK, so I'll try that. And and the way I was working out, because with mental stuff, you can't help yeah. it. You'd feel weak. And I'd walk down the street and I had to have a job because hmm. I didn't have any yeah. money. I, I didn't have a family that could support me. Hmm. I had to, I had to work. And and I remember changing to getting a longboard. And so I got a longboard because hmm. that's the only way I could get anywhere because yeah. the focus on actually longboarding took my mind off the anxiety of getting oh, to that place. Sure. And slowly I I did get a job. Um, I it, it was It wasn't easy. You know, I, I was still shaking a lot and I saved up enough money and I went to Costa Rica. Damn. And I sat on a beach for six months and just mm. had time to myself. No pressure, not doing anything. Um, I only went out with about 200 quid, so I didn't know you needed money for travel. <laughs> I, I thought you just went and travelled. And, and that is exactly what I did for mm. 15, 20 years after that. I just mm. left and... 
I started just documenting my surroundings and be like, oh, but this is different, you know. I'm in Costa Rica, everyone's getting around on horseback. Mm. There's, there's, there's like three cars in the whole area I'm living in. Mm. And, and it kind of grew like that. And after Costa Rica, I actually came back and I printed some of the pictures and I set up a little store at Green Park Station. Oh, cool. And for a couple of months, I can't remember how long, I, w- I was selling there. Yeah. And from that, I made enough money to be like, I can travel again. That's crazy. And I went off to Australia, didn't particularly like Australia, went to India, and mm. I was about a week into India, and I was sat down in a kind of guest house, mm. and there was um, a guy and a girl next to me, and I started talking to her, because mm. she was so finely dressed, mm. like beautiful. And I was like, you must do fashion. I, I remember saying to her, I was yeah. like, you do fashion, because you don't dress like that unless you know fashion. Yeah. And she's like, yes, I, I do fashion. And then he was saying, yep, yeah, I'm a photographer. Yeah. And it turns out he was, yeah, he did big, big photography. He <laughs> knew all the top photographers, the top um, fashion designers. Mm. And we just hit it off. Mm. And he, he said, look, if you want to just learn, just come traveling with us for three months. Yeah. And... That's where I got introduced to Rollerflex camera. He had a Rollerflex okay. camera, and he he kind of was showed us this. I went to Delhi. I found one for two hundred pounds in Delhi, mm. pretty beaten up. Um, I still got it now. Um, That's awesome. It's broken a few times. You run around trying to find people that can fix Basically. them. <laughs> and three months turned into two and a half years. Wow! I travelled with them and explored photography, and he really showed me the passion, though. From a GCSE, I knew how to technically print. Yeah. I didn't quite understand the passion and the feeling that came... With it. With it. And I'd always stuck to black and white, because I'm colourblind as well. Hmm. No? I'd always no been laughed at. Like That's wild. Like, people would laugh and say, oh, you're a photographer and you're colourblind, and make a joke of it. And he gave me Damn. the confidence mm. to just say, so, so what? You, yeah. That, that's how you see it. And if you see it like that with your colour blindness, just do it. Do it Mm. for yourself. Don't do it to try and please somebody else. Mm. And he instilled a huge amount of confidence. Mm. And I just carried on from there. Um, You know, uh, we've always um, sold on the street. Mm. Photos were my money. Mm. I, I never had money. I never, I wouldn't, sell and have loads of money and go off traveling i'd take yeah. my photos with me and i remember i think my second trip in india i landed and all i had was photos i didn't have money mm. but i'd sit out on the street sell some that would be enough to move to the next place photograph yeah. some i could find film there was a nova film in india that cost about 40 pence mm. so i'd take this film and develop kind of at night in guest houses and yeah. put cardboard up in the windows and develop. And I, I was traveling with an enlarger at the time. Mm. So I had a big backpack with an enlarger in it. And, and that kept me traveling in that manner for, for, 15, for 15 years. Wow. Damn. So, yeah, where it came from, it, it, it's kind of a natural progression, but at the same yeah. time, something that was always, I was drawn to. to. Like, wow. you know, if, if anything, the, the book might be, you know, it could be, be a failure. It, yeah, I didn't know. <laughs> We've never published a book before, mm. and 
I didn't want to go through the whole rigmarole of going to a publisher. I just felt yeah. that would be too long. Oh. It would. You, 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 I did look at some forms, and you've got to write so much. And I was like, writing is not my strong point. It's, <sighs> and you have to conform to then things that have already made money. Yeah. So you're kind of perpetuating something yeah. because they want to know that you're going to sell so, it. Yeah. And they can only base that off what they've already sold. And it's... In, I think it's tough in, the, in that sense, but I think with what you guys have done, that's what, um, I guess, also gives it that extra value to it because it's so um, unapologetically your work and yours and your wife's work that it's like top to bottom this is us this this is our vision for it and in a lot of ways i've been lucky to benefit from similar things but it was never the intention at the time because with most of the art forms i got into one of the main drivers for them was uh i had ideas so since i was a kid i've been very visual in the way i process information like really everything i think about i see visually to some extent if either in words in my head or i see pictures so um i had ideas for a lot of these things and even as a kid watching cartoons nowadays i look back and i'm like my favorite cartoons were always the best looking cartoons and um it kind of makes sense in hindsight but i had the ideas for a lot of things and so i would talk with people who knew how to do it occasionally and I'd be like oh cool could we try create this and with music it was like oh this and that but it was always a frustration of I had to wait to do it on your time and it would never be fully me because this is your interpretation of what I'm trying to explain to you and that's purely dependent on how well I am explaining what I'm trying to get mm -hmm. and then I would have instances where for instance with music yo can we get this done and oh sorry i'm not available this weekend how about next and by next weekend i'm on to the next thing because i i always i think i ended up with so many different art forms because i had an attend a very short attention span and my, my aunt once used to say that i was the kind of kid that was like um like like really restless and sometimes when you see me focusing on something there's a high chance that i'm not actually focusing on that thing <laughs> and um she was saying it in context of one time uh her and her mom uh, sorry her and my mom were talking about something and they told me to read my book and i was like reading it and everything and i wasn't reading anything i was just like soaking in everything they were saying and um and she said that and it, it really stuck with me because it totally makes sense because nowadays now i've understood how i process information how to trick my mind to do stuff that i don't want to do and um yeah and and so it nowadays i'm benefiting from doing everything myself it's not the best way to do it in every scenario but because now i've learned how to do it myself it means that even if I'm not going to do, like, let's say in film, even if I'm not going to do the, the shooting of the film myself, I know how to shoot the film. Mm. So now that I talk to you like a cinematographer or whatnot, I know how to explain to you exactly what I need. And as a director, now I could be a better director because if I'm able to explain that as quickly as possible and we could get synced, this process is going to be way yeah. smoother. Well, that knowledge is in ground in you. Yeah. It's in you. It's 
and and it and it just translates to everything and it's it's so fascinating because with for instance music nowadays i'm completely independent with that stuff and i'm like okay i'm putting this music out and i'm i'm doing this all myself and it's strenuous and it's stress and it's tiring because it's like oh my gosh that's that's what the publisher alleviates you from is like all these extra steps that now you have mm. to do but those extra steps means that now you appreciate the work even that much more because you're like oh yeah i've gone through the hell trying to make this work and now yeah it's like there's a different kind of energy behind it because even for the music and and pieces i've put out that i don't like i still have a heavy attachment to them even outside of what it meant to me at the time but just from a perspective of this is literally my blood sweat and tears like mm. manifested into this visual audible piece and um yeah it's it's really cool and i think it's it's something that i would love to see a lot more creators being open to to doing because i guess everyone wants to be fast everyone wants to be like and you can't blame them the world is like that the world is but the like the world makes you believe it's like that i don't mm. know how much the world is actually mm. like that yeah you know a, a lot of people that really remain mm. with longevity I, I do think there's a hell of a lot of work behind it a yeah. lot of time mm. has gone into it and and it's it it's that thing of what do you pursue are you pursuing it because of your passion are you mm. pursuing it because of the end game of yeah. what you're hoping money gratification to get that. and hmm you know, I, I don't even know why I started photography in <laughs> yeah. in a way, and I know that you know we we've in in essence been buskers around yeah. the world with photography. So instead of music, we hmm. we'd go and we'd put our photos out on the street, and it's very vulnerable at the time, and yeah. there, there's not many people doing it. You yeah, know, you just get your art, you put it out, and say, "What do you think?" Yeah, <laughs> and that people would then come along and buy it. You think that's amazing, hmm. and this is, I guess. In a way, it's a bit like Instagram now. Everyone's yeah. putting out their stuff, yeah, and you can see it. But at the time, it's you had to go via galleries. You mm. had to go via the conformed ways, ways of, of doing it, of being, and and that was one thing. With I, I went to Paris in I think two thousand and five with a portfolio under my arm to go to the galleries. Mm. I thought, you know, this is why not? This is what I believe you do. Mm. And I went into the, the some of the top galleries with my work. And they said, oh, we want to see your portfolio, and not your, your CV, sorry. They want to see. And I was like, I haven't got a CV. <laughs> what? well, what's a CV? It's all written stuff. Can you not just look at my work? And they're yeah. like, no. And I, that's when I got really mad inside. Yeah. And I went, it, it doesn't it, make sense. But I walked out the gallery, and I walked down the road, and I just put all my art up on the wall. Mm. Just stuck it up on a wall. And it's not allowed. You know, it's illegal in most countries. Mm. But... It sold all that day, and no one said I couldn't. I was like, oh, wait a second, well, do I need the galleries? <laughs> wait a second, Why? I've just made enough in, in a day hmm. that I can buy a flight back to India hmm. and survive for six months. Hmm. I don't... And that's what I want to do. My name, you know, we've never pushed ourselves. We've never made the contacts. Yeah. We've just always made enough money to continue Doing with the travel, it. to see the places we wanted to see. Yeah. And that was the end game for us. It's just to get enough so we can get that flight mm. and just survive. And once, you know, once we're in India, we did the same. We just put it out and you make enough money and you get to the next place. Mm. And so, yeah. Wow. That's like, 
in a sense, <laughs> that whole story s seems like the dream that I hear a lot of people talk about. Because in my secondary school, uh, well, let let's say A levels college, it was that that was whatever it was like. What do you want to do for the next couple of years? Oh, I want to go traveling. If I'm to be honest, uh, about eighty percent of the people who said they wanted to go traveling never went traveling, and <laughs> it's thinking and seeing that visually it's like wow that sounds like a dream like a fantasy of life but really cool to see that you have been able to live that and um in a way it's like it, it it's also personal for me I, I i don't think i've mentioned it on the podcast yet but talking to people about a lot of these things it's almost like helps me gain more perspective to some of the things I want to do because f for for a lot of my most recent years let's say the last three years I've been like okay I don't want to play this game the way they're playing it like my intention is obviously I want to get credit for my work I want to put all that stuff out there but I want to predominantly make work because I want to make it as opposed to making it because I want to um, make money from it I did that with graphic design it made me hate graphic design I did that with music it made me hate music I did that with film it made me hate film and it's that pattern keeps repeating itself and I'm like I just want to do this for me and I want to be able to walk walk through that and it's really fascinating to then see how you've navigated that space because to some degree, a part of me is like, damn, maybe that there, there's some um, leaps I should probably take creatively that I haven't taken because of that fear of like, oh, it's not going to conform to what, what, how, how the social media works and stuff like that. And I, I guess even then with social media, what it tends to blow up are usually the things that, are from the most genuine place. Like most of my work that I end up putting up and I'm like, oh, I need to post, let me post something today. It's like, that's like average. But the moments I usually notice, oh, people are like, oh, really excited about it. It's the moments where I'm like, why? Because I want to. <laughs> mm -hmm. And then I put it up and all of a sudden people are connecting with it. And, and now I guess it makes sense. But a lot of times I, I'm like, oh my gosh, why is that? doing well and why isn't this doing well but i guess the energy put behind it makes so much sense but i did notice that with okay we're still new on it so i yeah. might be completely wrong but there is a connection to mm. other people yeah and i think you were mentioning on your last podcast about how you you're going to rise together yeah and the people that because there's a there is a mass of people yeah you could say it's a generation but i think people have there's like an awakening yeah and people are seeing sure, there's, there's sure. big social problems in this world and people are coming together and the people who are genuinely caring about it mm. and doing it for a greater purpose yeah they're, they're kind of collaborating we we you know everyone has to if you've got something mm. to say you've got to because we haven't got the money to just pay out and pay yeah. out for it to be advertised and forced onto people. Yeah, You've and, got and even then, that's that's not efficient. Like, <laughs> for me personally, I'm one out of probably a lot of people in this world. <laughs> not probably, definitely, but like, one of my least favorite things is advertising. Like, I hate like Christmas is one of my least favorite holidays because of that very reason. Mm. I can't do anything because that's 
the time of the year where all advertising is at its peak, where everyone wants to throw what they need in front of you. And yeah, it isn't efficient because the people who end up buying it, I guess they all they want is people to buy or buy into whatever idea they're selling. But the people who end up buying into it most times are just like, meh. But like you, it's difficult to build a a community of people who actually genuinely are invested in something if you're yeah. just like oh here here look look you need this <laughs> mm. and it's um I, I think that's why what you guys are doing is so impactful because in a lot of ways people some people might argue oh it's not getting to a lot of people it's not getting to as many people as it could get to but the people it is getting to it's impacting well i think you've got to change you know, the, the world has to change. Yeah. It has yeah. to. I mean, we, 20 years of traveling, we've seen the world mm. change dramatically. And in a lot of ways, it's not for the best. Yeah. And I think everyone's becoming aware mm. it has to, you know, something yeah. has to shift. And you can try and force people to change, which sometimes just feels yeah. like you're hitting your head against a brick wall. <laughs> you, you can't. Well, if yeah. people are stubborn, they change. Yeah. But instead, you've got to kind of get the people who are already changing. Yeah and encourage that and this is part of the living on the canal and mm. where we are it's been squashed mm. people don't want this you know the the either the charities or the people in the surrounding areas mm. look at boats can't see the humanity or the people in it and yeah. just see maybe rusty bikes or someone's mm. had a fire on the towpath and for whatever reason it wants to be mm. squashed but there's a huge potential into new ideas here yeah. huge potential on how it could be run for the benefit that the canals survive mm. the people survive on it and there's a lot of creation that could happen from this so i mm. feel like you've kind of got to get the people that are already on the cusp of changing and build that group yeah. and make that voice mm. louder and everybody's got to use their skill in their own way mm. to make this voice as powerful as possible. as possible. I think we've we've all got a way that we can bring to this world, whatever mm. skill that is. And it's to to kind of harness that and mm. and Yeah. I don't know what the word would be, but show show it yeah. and grow on mm. on that rather than advertising and trying to force messages down people's throats. Yeah. Because people aren't we I I feel over the years as much as we've tried to change people by talking to them or saying, look, if you do this, you could you, just, you'll make your life so much easier. Yeah. And they don't. And you think, what? <laughs> to me, it's so obvious. But yeah. the ideas have to come from themselves. Like, people have to believe it's their just the idea. perspective. Yeah. Um, it's, it's so, so wild. <laughs> More recently, I've been talking with my sister and just like a few friends about that same idea that like, you can't force people to change. Like, and, I guess I've, I'm one of the people who learned that the the hard way in the sense that I want the best for everyone around me. So like I end up being that guy that's like, yo, try this, try this, try this. And I'm like, why aren't you excited? This is like an opportunity for you to have an exciting experience or adventure. And um, more, uh, more recently, I, I was watching something by what's his name by Jordan Peterson and he was talking about like you can't force you can't force someone to take what you're offering and he was he used the analogy of like in lifeguard training 
they 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 told I can't remember the specific word he used, but basically paraphrasing, they teach them that if saving this person is like if trying to save this person is gonna end up with you dead, don't do it. And and he and he was like, a lot of people tend to see that as really harsh, but it's the only logical and progressive solution. That's the best possible case that could come out of this. And and he was like, in the context of people trying to reach out a helping hand and other people rejecting it, he's like, stop helping. Like, like just stop if it's not being taken because one, perhaps you need to go somewhere else to where it needs to be, it's going to be taken and it's gonna be actually valued. Um, and and maybe they would come to that in their own time or maybe they wouldn't because a lot of times i i don't know about you but i've definitely experienced people who are not ooh, are not only not taking the help that's being offering are offered but they the atmosphere they are creating <laughs> is making it harder for me to even live in the space that i'm offering for them to step into yeah. and and he was saying that he was like if it's between <laughs> you dying and us dying um you're dying <laughs> and i'm getting out of this and it's like yeah it's 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 so important for people to realize that aspect but also realize that you can't find you can't find that perspective change you can't find that realization you can't find your passion you can't find your hobbies you can't find any of those things unless you try stuff like you're gonna have to jump you're going to have to um stick your neck out <laughs> in one way or another because if you live passively you are going to experience the world from a passive point of view you are not going to be able to make dreams happen unless you're like the one percent of people who literally just stumble into things like i i know a couple people that it's like they weren't looking for it they weren't trying it just landed in their lap and like fair play if you're one of those but like they don't even know how that happened so <laughs> that yeah. that's that's not like a um yeah, a, but yeah. I, I don't know if it's this, but you've 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 got to take failure or you've got to accept that some people aren't gonna like your mm. work i i remember putting it up out our work and i i just went i put it outside um the tape modern mm. just on the wall yeah put our work up wow and i was like <laughs> Just do it. Yeah, I've got no other options. I've got nothing. I've, uh, you know, what can I lose? I've got no money to lose. I've got no home. This, you know, photography is my passport to places. So mm. I put it up on the wall, and a long line. There's about twenty pictures up, and I, yeah. I just sit down and wait. And if people like it, I'll talk to them. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> the first person that comes along is there's a guy walking along, and he's just going, pointing at the pictures, going, crap, 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 crap. And then he sees me and he's like, oh, and just walks off. I'm like, oh, great, that's it. First person comes along, he thinks all my work's shit. Um, what do I do? Do I pack it all up? Yeah. Or do I just hope that someone else comes along mm. and does appreciate it and and mm. does like it? And, you know, I, I guess having nothing, you, you're forced to just... Yeah. You're forced to carry on. You've got no yeah. other options. It's... If you've, mm. you've got nothing, you can't just go find a job and be paid that evening. Mm. You just kind of wait and yeah, and you know it's taught me a lot. It's taught me a lot about selling. It taught me a lot about how people view the world. Mm. And fortunately, the work that we've produced attracts nice people. Mm. Uh, I, I remember turning up in Paris again, no lodging, no money, 
didn't know what I was going to be. I, I went to a street, put it up. Hmm. Uh, a girl came along, starts talking, likes the work. We talk for a few hours. It's a lot of work about India. And she says, you know what? I'm actually off to India in a few days hmm. um, for a month. Do you want to stay in my apartment? Hmm. I was like, wow, I've only just met you. But she was kind enough and I took her up on hmm. that. And it turned out to be an apartment opposite the Picasso Museum. Mad. It was a stunning apartment. <laughs> and you think from the work that I do, it instilled enough trust mm. for her to allow mm. me to be there. And, and it's happened time and time mm. again that there's still people that will drop me an email and say, I'm going away for two weeks. If, if you want the keys to my apartment, you're mm. more than happy to take them. Wow. And that is what I value in art and mm. creating stuff that has a purpose is, is yeah. there are people out there who will just you, you communicate with people mm. you, you can touch people faster than well you can't just stop someone in the street and say I'm going to have a conversation with you and mm. you and you but with a photo you put it up and people recognise what maybe mm. you're looking at uh, yeah. they understand your kind of essence in a way if, if that's not no. if it can be said yeah absolutely it, it was well at the moment it's just funny to me is realizing that what the heck is going on with my phone um is just realizing that i was just about to ask like why why do you do this and i feel like you literally just answered that question I'll, yeah i'll try yeah. and keep these answers oh short I, don't 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 because i don't would, struggle to, i was thinking yeah. before you got here it's like well we've got 20 years of pictures that yeah. now now we're about to promote ourselves or get our work out yeah you think 20 years is a lot of work and yeah. then we've got 20 years of stories so what stories do you exactly. tell in, in, in <laughs> and, all those and like I, I was I was thinking the same thing because I was like oh my gosh it could be cool to get into more of the India story and everything but at the end of the day there's nothing that says we can't have part two to this and part three and part five <laughs> or, or like have those in different ways so um I'm totally open to that and I would love for that because I feel like a lot of those stories and the, the main reason I, I do this podcasting anyway is because one obviously I get to ask questions that are harder to um harder to just bring up in normal conversation but also I think there's an importance for or, or at least it's I, I guess it in some um selfish way it's me trying to create the things i wish my childhood self had and that that was how i learned was searching up about some of my favorite artists being interviewed and looking for those specific interviews that covered their journey to that point because it helped me feel like oh okay so i'm still on track with this oh so this is still part this rubbish is still part of the process to get into that point so i, I think it's like really great to be able to visually paint that picture for people um or audibly rather um and yeah so the w one of those questions that i was saying about is in <laughs> i guess it's yeah in in terms of with your art and, and the work you guys do what is like that's so bad where, where do you want the work to take you <laughs> which is such a bad question because really it's taking you all around the world yeah I, well <laughs> I, I've heard, you know, obviously I've listened yeah. to your last podcast and I, heard this, I was thinking about this and I was like, well, 
you know, how many answers can you have for that mm. question? Yeah. I, I feel like I could probably talk for an hour on that and then actually find contradictions in what mm. I'm saying and kind of come back and say, actually, did I mean that? Or did you get, did, did the point come across with that? Um, where do I want it to take us? Um, yeah, I, I'd like to continue doing mm. this. I'd like to be able to continue doing this as a family. Um, we've not done this as a family. Mm. Um, uh, the hope is to go back off to India in November time, uh, we yeah. will have a five-month-old, and wow. part of me just wants to to go. There's, I I feel by stopping in the pandemic, mm. all I've seen is walls go up around the world, yeah, and restrictions, and we've had Brexit, and and it's a worrying time mm. for the freedom that I've had. Yeah, you know, I've never had visas, work visas to go anywhere. I've just kind of done it and dealt mm. with whatever consequences have yeah. been. But on the whole. No one's minded. It's uh, mm. when you show art and art that can touch people. Yeah, you, you, people are not. I've been stopped a few times in Paris, and the police come and say you're not allowed to do this. Mm. And I say this is my work. This is uh, it's hand printed in the dark room. Yeah, and they've all turned around and said, look, if no one else complains, we won't see you. Mm. And they'll walk past every day for a month, mm. and you cannot make eye contact with them. And that's the world I would love to mm. offer my yeah. children I, wow. I don't want the world to get scarier as as we you know the west is going to have to we can't have so many privileges if the whole world is going to exist at a kind of an equal balance yeah we're going to have to give up a lot of our privileges a lot mm. of our material mm. possessions and live in a way I'd, I'd you know is it it's the journey for me or is it for a society i'd love to create a society mm. it's not where I want to be. I don't want to be an individual person yeah. in a place. I, I want to surround myself with friends, with family, with with good people, with mm. people who aren't stressed all the time because they've just all they've got to do is try and make the money. Yeah. Money, you know, the, the not the desire, but the stress of making enough money can yeah. create conflict within families. Oh, 100%. I, I don't want that within families. Mm. Um, wow. If I, I feel like I, I want to. Yeah, I'd love to help change the whole view of society. Mm. Part of the project is I'm tired of seeing advertisers promote happiness with material yeah. things. Have a handbag, you will be happy. Mm. And it's a kind of a counter-argument, mm. is look at this happy life you can have, mm. and it's simple. Mm. It's hard because a lot of people go, oh, there, but it's a bit muddy. Yeah. Or, actually, you've got to go out in the rain, and you know, I'd rather not that. It's, but hmm. I want to try and contribute to that story that yeah. we can, as a society, feel more fulfilled, hmm. have more time for each of our creativity, hmm. not be pushed into jobs that are just soul destroying. Previous Absolutely. to going off, I, I worked in factories. I, I, I put mattresses together. I worked in a toilet hmm. factory, putting seats into boxes with the relevant screws, and hmm. it killed me. And mm. to imagine a life doing that, yeah, and which is probably one of the things that drove me to a nervous breakdown mm. and just going, well, when you get to your lowest, in, in a way, it's a freedom. Yeah. You think, well, what's, what else? Nothing, what, to uh, lose. nothing else can kill me because I'll just walk yeah. and I'll, I'll just start walking. And that's what we did. We, you know, I just picked up and mm. we walked across the Himalayas. And you went, what's up there? I, just, I don't know. I'm just going to walk and hitchhike. Mm. And I had no money. But you, you realize people pick you up and people, people are good. I think mm. we, we're fed a lot of fear. And when you actually look at people all over the world, the mm. great majority are really good people. Mm. And we get and well scared. Meaning. And well-meaning. So 
and yeah and and that that's that's so true just everything you said it's so interesting when like because i love patterns ever since i was a kid that was one thing like even in like the iq test and stuff i always knew that was the part of the iq test that i didn't even that was a breeze to me the kind of breeze that was like um it became fascinating to other people so it was like my excited almost party trick of sort but it's really cool to see like how in a lot of these podcasts i do with a lot of the individuals i've talked with it's like that pattern repeats that element of like you don't want to no not necessarily you don't want to that but also the people who end up doing things are the ones that put their all into it like they have nothing to lose and (laughs) there used to be that saying that don't fight with someone that has nothing to lose because (laughs) that's gonna be the toughest fight of your life and like um and it's so true because even with a lot of the work i i I did just before i went full-time freelance so i did i was part-time freelance since 2016 and did it through uh college and everything and it was like oh this is really cool but while i was working a job i noticed that like the amount of energy i put into my work just like it started trickling because i was like eh, i don't need it i don't need to put that much energy in the moment i dropped my job i noticed that a part of me was like you have no other way of getting money get off your ass and do something and um especially being freelance is like if you don't work you don't eat if you don't eat you die <laughs> so yeah. get up and get something done and i noticed that from the moment of i, I left my job initially uh my, my last job i specifically left because one i got to similar breaking point in what you were saying that i literally got home one day and just like bawled my eyes out like usually i would do that in my room but i couldn't even get to my room i just like was in the kitchen just completely gone and it was like the first time my mom was like, yeah, you, you need to stop. And for me, really, I know what my mom's like. So for her to get to that point of being like, yeah, you've worked enough, like, like stop. I knew like, yeah, this isn't just me overreacting. This isn't just me going through a patch. And it was so bad. And I, I eventually quit the job at the end of the um, month. And that was the start of me just being like, you know what? let's just do whatever we can with the rest of it if it doesn't work great but at least if it does i get to have that life that i i i dream of having um which i'm lucky to live in at the moment um the second question being the flip on the question which is where um where do you want to take your work in in what aspect as in like in i i guess you could look at it you technically you could look at it however you wish but there's the idealistic aspect, which is like, what more do you want to push into the work? What technically, um, yeah, I, I think it's more to do with in terms of pushing your work and yourself in in a sense. Uh, well, I feel it might answer the question or not. I feel mm. I've spent 20 years yeah. exploring the world, taking yeah. pictures, writing endless diaries. We've got boxes of diaries and and it's getting to a point that now we're getting out these stories and you know there's part of me that I'd, I'd love to teach oh. I'd, I'd love to do a course or yeah you know 
pass some of that passion on to others. on to other people. Um, part of me wants to do that, but at the same time, I know I'm never in one place long enough to ever do that. Mm. Um, there's, you know, I, with having two children, I want them to see the world before they ever go to school. Yeah, I think it's important. Mm. Too many people do it the wrong way. Well, yeah, what I consider the wrong way around. They'll go off after their education yeah but i feel if you can start seeing the world before you it would inform your decisions well then you've got a reason to be learning stuff you've got a feeling you know if you're learning about mountains you actually you've seen those mountains you go bloody hell they're massive and Mm. how did that form and puts things in context so perspective i don't know Mm. if it answers any questions Um, i think it does i I really do think you you know it'd be great if Louise was was here. I feel I feel she's the bright one. She's <laughs> she's got a deep knowledge and retains information. Mm. And she's maybe next time yeah. the podcast will be with her because I, I uh, think I think that would be really dope. You'll probably get a completely different story out of yeah. her. Yeah, hell and yeah, absolutely. I, I feel our partnership works very very well mm. because we we are very we're very different mm. in some aspects, very similar in some aspects, yeah. but it. It works. Yeah. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. Where? I, I maybe I've answered the question. Maybe yeah. Not. I, I, um, I, I reckon you definitely have, and more, most importantly, in your own way, which is, which for for, for me is satisfactory. Mm-hmm. And in that aspect of like teaching is. And I, I guess it's, also it's I'd like design. to turn these book like this book that I've made. Yeah. That we've we've made is. Um, it's not the ideal book we mm. wanted to make. I, I love photography books. I like thick papers, big yeah. books with hard covers. And when we first went to make this book, mm. that's how we wanted it. And we went and got quoted from different printers. Yeah. And the cost of it was extortionate just for us. And then we'd have to be selling the book for 40, 50 quid yeah. just to kind of, well, break even. Break even. And we thought, well, that's not the point of this book. Mm. This book at the moment is to get this a message out it's, it's yeah. in part it's like a portfolio in part we also want to give it out we've given it out mm. to every single person in the book mm. yeah, we awesome. wanted to do that and be able to afford it yeah. if we'd done it the other way we couldn't we just couldn't yeah. have afforded it and I can't go up to people going oh you're in our book yeah. go and it's 45 <laughs> quid and yeah. at least we can sell it you know we're not making well, to be honest I think if we sell them all mm. we might in the long run break even mm. That's not the point of, of it. it. I mean, we sell prints on the side. It's yeah. it's to get a new lookout. It's in, mm. it's important. That, you know, part of doing the podcast as well is to share it with as many people. Yeah. Hopefully, other people share. I hope it resonates yeah. with people that they can feel what we're trying to get across. Mm. It's not. It's not a money Thanks. issue. Mm. You know, obviously, we all need to survive, but it's not. I want to do this so actually my life's going to completely change and once I've got enough money I'm going to dump the boat live in a mansion drive mm. a big car it's not it's not that there's so I'd, I would like it would be nice to build up enough I guess in a way followers or people that like it that maybe one day we'll print a very small run of people that like it mm. that we could make the book as an art yeah. piece and Again, it wouldn't be for money, but say we had 200 people that wanted to do that, yeah. we might be able to print a run of 200 hmm. books if we found 200 people willing to spend 50 quid. Hmm. And maybe that will happen. And that, it, it'd be a very different book. It'd be a yeah. lot smaller book. It wouldn't have so much text in it. Yeah. But it'd be more about the feeling. I feel like 
we're conflicted quite often with a feeling and mm. even with photography going out I wanted the feeling of how it was and then you can't help tell people's stories you go out traveling and you you see people and at first you're almost a tourist you you see the facade of people's lives yeah. and then slowly over years you you actually get to see their viewpoint or what they're saying you think well actually I can't portray all this in photos I, yeah. I, I so slowly we've developed writing mm. and there's quite a big essay that was quite important at the back of the book and we spent we spent over a year just writing the essay so it's once crazy. we finished the the writing <laughs> the, the the photos we we sat down and said okay we're we're putting our writing hats on now <laughs> and we're writing and I've never written anything like I said I'm dyslexic yeah. I I was really behind at school so my confidence in that was zero yeah. But so to force myself wow. to read it and and we're getting good comments back I don't know mm. how many people really do read it but yeah. <laughs> at least it's there for the people that are interested yeah. enough and it's got our our view of the world it, it might be correct it might not be correct but it's our our take on mm. our reality yeah and dude and yeah and then over the next couple of years we'll release the wow. other two books so maybe next time we release a book we'll do another one we can talk more yeah. in depth about for the, sure the separate book wow that's the like all of that is just so cool honestly and it's and I know for a fact that it is resonating and it will and, and so, so so with everything that you've mentioned personally like the way the way my brain is processing that is it's only a matter of time before those those things fall into place and it's and I I love watching creatives do their thing. So yeah, it's it would be so fascinating to watch and just watch all those well, things. And it, well, and it is interesting to because it's the first time we've put mm. ourselves out there. Before yeah. we we'd put the work out. Yeah. Sell, make the money, and mm. go. And though you know people email, we you know we check our email every four months, five months, and we've kept in contact with people yeah. like that. And every year we'll put out an email saying, "Oh, we're back." Here, yeah. would you like to buy some prints? So we've got people that regularly collect, mm. but this is the first time we've kind of with Instagram. You can just put it all out yeah. and say, "This is it. This yeah. is," and we've created like five different pages already. Yeah, and you know, there's one on this story, one is our home page, and one on mm. remote lands. Or so we're yeah. starting to tell our story, and yeah. I'm actually excited how it's coming about, and that we are reaching people. Mm. Um, slowly or fast I don't know it's all comparison mm. so I don't you know it's hard to judge if yeah. we're actually getting an effect or not wow but but by doing this so you know it's it's you know I'm incredibly grateful you invited us oh. to do that and you saw our work <sighs> and reached out to us Hell it's yeah. man that's that's no problem is I'm 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 grateful you you gave me your time <laughs> well, and your story which is so, I, think, I think time's so. important. I think that's what I love mm. about the canal is conversation is an important part, part of, of living this way. It, you can help neighbours. You know, a lot of people, it's not even financial stuff they need. Some people just need people. to talk and to, to express. And I think conversation is incredibly important and not yeah. given its due kind of yeah. acknowledgement. So for sure. anyway, I'm going to stop talking now because otherwise <laughs> I'll go on for another hour and oh. you'll end up nobody will get to the end of this. <laughs> The people who get to the end will get the gold. <laughs> um, but yeah, thanks so much, everyone, for listening in. Obviously, yeah. this has been the awesome Seb. 
one half of Seb and Louise. Louise. Yeah. So hopefully we'll, we'll we'll try and get Louise on one of these and like talk through her experiences and, and her journey before <laughs> your the, the the lines intersected. And yeah, you guys make sure to check out the other stuff. Make sure to to go do stuff. Go go realize your own passions and your dreams. Costa is calling me now. So, bye. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for joining us today. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Let us know. We'd like for you to also consider following, subscribing, and sharing some of our content to other people. Catch you next time. Peace. <laughs>